Hi everybody, this is episode 34 of the Gameology Podcast. We are talking about the good and the bad of the Mario Galaxy 1 game. I'm one of your permanent hosts, Matthew Favai, and this is... Attila Gabriel Mieski. Now, Attila, Mario Galaxy, I just started playing a few months ago, so I'm very, very new to this uh, this game. I'd heard a lot about it, but I didn't have a Wii at the right time. Uh, my history with the Mario series, played Mario 1 as a little kid, Mario 2 and 3, and Mario World, all at the right times, loved Mario 64, and then just kind of took a break from Mario and decided to go back. Everybody had been talking about how great this game is. Now, my initial thoughts on this game, I think you mm. can sum it up as insane amounts of creativity and the platforming and the physics at first i was a little thrown off by the um momentum of it you mm. might need to help me with the physics of it in, in terms of movement what's the yeah. proper name when a character slows down too fast oh i mean it's just like the friction i guess friction i think the friction is too high and the momentum is there's not enough of speed with mario and the and shaking the wii remote has been a real pain that's kind of like my bullet points on the game but uh what are your thoughts on it I mean, I, I think the personally, I think the game is actually um, an absolute masterpiece. Like, it was one of my favorite games on the Wii, um, one of my favorite games of all time. It just uh, everything about the game, from the presentation to the gameplay itself, like the music was fantastic. I have it all, like the soundtrack, all of it downloaded, and I listen to it all the time. Um, the graphics for that game, like they must have been using some kind of dark magic to get that kind of horsepower out of the Wii because it looks phenomenal, still looks fantastic to this day because of fantastic art direction. Um, every single galaxy... I think that black magic was standard definition. <laughs> well, you know, be that as it may, it still looked really shiny, like water reflected really nicely. The texture on, um, like, soft grasses or, like, shiny rubbery rock sort of thing like it, it just the, the lava like everything had the this beautiful like glow to the fire and the ah oh, yeah i could just <laughs> i could gush about it, that it looks game. good and the lighting is fantastic and mm. um it's it's got that nice colorful mario feel to it and they use a lot of different lighting techniques um, sort of mm-hmm. like flat lighting in some areas to make the whole world seem very bright, like an older kind of Mario game. Yeah. But then the the more dynamic lighting of how they work with the space stages to make it feel mm-hmm. a little more lonely and a little more um, out there. And and the music, of course, is is amazing. This is the first Mario with a full on symphonic score yeah. for most of it. And even right before we recorded this, I mean that waltz from the hub is just running through my mm-hmm. head at all times so it, you know in presentation polish it's it's great and i think that overall this is a this is a fantastic game one of the best platformers of all time i i took a lot for me to get used to it because loving mario 64 mm-hmm. and coming to this the controls are a lot um everything is like slowed down a bit and that's because mm. I think in a way they needed to be because the levels are whereas 64 and sunshine were very open and we're about more exploration and a little more yeah. slow-paced. This game, because I think, although they can be accused of a bit too much hand-holding tutorials in this game, I think that they said, all right, people are now used to 3D movement enough that we're going to mm-hmm. bring in a bit more of what made the 2D Marios great. Enemies are very aggressive in this game and deal out a lot of damage. You only have 
three health pieces yeah. standard. Whereas in Mario 64, it was very easy to just run around people, and the enemies really weren't a big problem at all. But also, the levels are very tight. Um, mm -hmm. There's not as much room to move around, which is, I think, why they slowed Mario down, because they knew that it was um, there was a lot, a lot less room for error in that way. But mm -hmm. in terms of level design, the linearity of it and the way they signpost it to bring up another episode we did is phenomenal. Sometimes I'm just running through this game at full speed mm -hmm. and without even thinking about it, you know, like, okay, there's a star over there. I should go over there. And I'm never lost or backtracking. And it's that's a really phenomenal part of this game. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing to look at the evolution between, um, like, structure-wise, Mario 64, Sunshine, and Galaxy all sort of obey the same formula of, like, go to a place uh, like Thwomp's Fortress or um, the, uh, like, Bianco Hills or whatever um, in Sunshine, and then, like, the um, <clears throat> uh, Battle Rock Galaxy in Mario Galaxy, and each of them there are these like sub objectives within each world and there's like a number of stars you can complete and from the way that they introduce each level like i have it um permanently baked into my memory from the uh, mario sunshine the way every level would begin with this like nice musical refrain i'm sure everyone remembers it uh if they played that game and the camera would just like focus in on like here's where you're going. There's like something significant to do with this. Mm -hmm. And it made it so that you're in this sort of open world and you can um, find secrets and explore, but that you were never lost. Like you always knew where you were supposed to go within that world. And they, um, they sort of tie that together in Mario Galaxy in a bit of a different way. Um, they use those launch stars to kind of guide you like to the place in the galaxy where you're supposed to go, mm -hmm. or they have other things that help like guide you towards the destination. I, in a way, I think the launch stars can be a bit overused and they can be a bit of a crutch because you're not really doing it. It can be fun uh, to leap through the air and, and be able to shake mm -hmm. and grab one and, and stop yourself from falling to your death, but it's it's uncontrollable. There's no there's no skill involved. You're just waiting. Whether that is because they were loading the next area, maybe that was like a sort of a design development trick. I don't trick. think so. Um, it's possible, but like you, everything always stays in frame when you're going, uh, like tracing along the path of a launch star. So I don't think they're actually loading in any assets. Um, the one thing they might be doing is that. Uh, when you're going from one planet to another, like the way um, gravity works in Mario Galaxy, obviously being the most novel concept yeah. in the game, it's what uh, the defining aspect of the platforming is the fact that um, gravity always pulled you, pulls you towards the center of a planetoid, which is like, you know, in some cases very small, in some cases it's more of a sort of flat out, um, like floating chunk of island, like a space island, I guess. Um, and when you can like jump from one planetoid to another, the way they're applying gravity, there's, it's not like every single planetoid is constantly emitting gravity. That would just be way too much calculation. Um, it's just that you're, they're only applying gravity from the planetoid that you're closest to. Mm -hmm. So it might be that the launch stars were just a, a good way to like um, transport the player a significant distance from one cluster of nodes to another so that there was never like a competition for like trying to calculate which node was the closest to Mario. Um, there's a there's a number of like the, one of the best things that they're 
um, the, the thing about uh, these the launch stars is it's kind of hard to figure out exactly why they're in the game. Um, they're fun. They're like this big, um, like getting launched out of a cannon is something they had even in the original Mario 64. Um, there's just something fun about getting this like arc of flight and they have the uh, little star bits kind of fly around Mario and you have this little mini game of trying to gather them all up before you land. Um, I think one of the... It's I, I, it's entirely speculation here, but if it is solving some technical issue, like the, the node uh, gravity calculation thing that I was mentioning before, it's not obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of game developers... Uh, sort of go with crutch solutions um you'll feel something like oh they had to throw this curveball at me because x mechanic was overpowered and they had to prevent me from using it on this level or whatever whereas um or just from a technical perspective of like okay um i'm playing portal and i walk into a room where there's a shut door in front of me and a door shuts behind me and it's very obvious that this is a loading barrier um they're doing their best, but when you have a game like Mario Galaxy, they are... Um, if they're using the launch stars to overcome a technical barrier, it's not obvious. Yeah. It's just a something that feels natural and feels like part of the game. And I think that's what really um, gives all Nintendo games this beautiful sense of cohesion, is that there's... Um, rarely ever any single element that's added to the game that just feels like this is a crutch, this is a something used to overcome a technical hiccup, this is um, like there's there's no like element that's only used for one thing. Mm-hmm. It's all really like um, yeah, cohesive is the best word for it. Yeah, I think you had a good point about the star bits because uh, I, I do believe it. it is some kind of loading in a way because they're so separated and they didn't want to deal with you. I mean, they could have just made the entire level one section, but whether it was for style or whether it was to load the, the next environment. But your point about being able to collect the star bits as you go means that mm-hmm. it's not just a non-interactive loading screen. Mm-hmm. You're not really doing anything with Mario, but you have this fun of grabbing it. Now, the star bits in the game... And the and the Wii pointer are I think one of the best uses of the Wii's totally non traditional unique control style. As much as mm-hmm. I really didn't like the shaking because I find that that's incredibly imprecise when Mario needs to be very very precise because you're running up to an enemy and you need to hit that button with very very precise timing or you're going to be the one that gets hit. And mm-hmm. I just find shaking is is a terrible point of that. But with the pointer, the they've introduce this brand new concept where a really skilled player can be navigating Mario with the left stick and picking Mm -hmm. up um, the star bits even faster and multitasking in a way that it's just like it's just a a totally different way to think about playing a platformer and uh, it also reduces the need to backtrack and grab things and it can really speed up the process and it's just a fun little challenge that sort of amps up even the most simplest uh, walking and platforming sections have you tried the uh, game's co-star mode? Where that's where a second player is able to use the pointer, right? And they can shoot mm-hmm. and grab the bits. No, yeah, I have no Mario playing friends here. Because oh, see, I, I played the game with my little sister, where she was the one in control of Mario. That's perfect. And then I would like freeze enemies in place for her and shoot star bits at them and collect them like while she was playing. Oh, so it's um, it was a great way to like get 
two people into a game. It's like in some in, in other situations, like if there was a platforming section that was too hard for her, then I could take over yeah. that, and then she could still be helping me out by like freezing enemies in place. So it's it was a great way to like get people of completely different levels of skill in gameplay to get to play with each other and um, just like you know bring people together and that's you know seems to be a thing that Nintendo strives for very often I really respect them for that yeah it's the perfect evolution of when I used to play with really young siblings and they want you would hand them a controller that wasn't plugged in Mm -hmm. so this is something that they can actually do and they can see bright uh, yeah they're doing bright star bits flying out that they're doing and you know and they're helping um the gravity mechanics of being at, like it's just so genius to we're so used to platforming one way and Mario I mean Nintendo mm. is the genius to think and it's so obvious after what if you could go up underneath it what if the gravity mm. always held on um, there's a there's a really incredible puzzle where you're on these moving platforms mm-hmm. and the gravity is shifting as you're moving so the game yeah. and the game tells you ahead of time with Uh, gigantic arrows and the way they plan this puzzle out is that the first platform you're on doesn't require you to do anything except the first place you go that's going to be safe and there's no pit Mm -hmm. of death the second one you jump onto requires you to move to the next part of the platform for safety but there is no pit of death Mm -hmm. it's you can just easily make your way up the third time you need to they give you this uh cross platform you need to use all Mm -hmm. four sides of it and there's a pit of death and i found that really challenging and just a totally different way to think because it's almost like um being an engineer or a type where you need to uh be able to imagine something like how how is this going to affect me in the future with these different rules it's not just something you can look at with with your eyes you know so to speak you need to use your mind's eye and and predict uh the different physics i found that a really really complex uh mind puzzle yeah and it's it's pretty incredible how they managed to make this sort of mind-bending situation actually rather intuitive like the fact that you would never encounter a situation like this in real life where gravity is like applying in different fields and whatever but you can still sort of feel like okay if i um if i'm on this planetoid and i kick this coconut it's gonna fly up and then it's gonna get pulled onto the other planetoids like field of gravity or like uh you're walking along a path and it's like forming up in front of you the space junk galaxy was one of the early ones that was like really made an impression in my mind because it has like some really nice music and the like i know we've seen it a lot um a lot more frequently since then but the idea of like your path being built up in front of you as you go just Mm -hmm. was really novel at the time yeah it's um wanted to talk a bit about the power-ups in this game where i think that mm-hmm. they there there's a couple a couple interesting parts of it um if you look at the b suit i think the b suit is is a real like simplification of the previous flying that we've had in in, in mario yeah. games whereas the cape in super mario world a skilled player with timing could float through the entire level and it did not take that much skill let me tell you that's that's true i felt pretty skilled when i was young but you're right it's not that tough but it, at least it's something. It's not. It's not mindless. And the the Mario sixty four cap was. Um, it was limited in ter- in terms of time, but if there was a there was a weight to the way that you would turn, and mm-hmm. um, that took a little bit more skill. I find it the B suit. It's just it's it's slow, and mm-hmm. you can't jump. And there's one button to float, and I just mm-hmm. feel it. It kind of removes. Like I just I just find that so boring. Um, and but see the 
they, they, they sort of, um, they, they broke up. Like, uh, if anything, I'd say that the bee suit is actually a little more akin to having the flood jetpack from Super sure. Mario Sunshine. Um, and then you're going to encounter a power-up later in the game that is a, an actual flight cap that, that does let you, like, fly in any direction that you want to and um, even, like, completely halt in midair and then reorient, like, which way you want to go and then let go and then fly off in that direction. So they, they've just broken up that power-up into sort of two tiers, as it were. Like, the, the B-suit used for, like, certain specific sections where having the ability to jump and then get a little bit of extra hover time is useful, and they use it um, in a boss battle in a pretty um, specific way. And then you're going to have the flight suit, which is, like, or the, the flight cap. I'm not exactly sure what it's called. Um, but it, it's used for a different kind of puzzle. It makes the game almost a bit more like, I don't know, Knights? I, I've okay. never played Knights. It just, it's just like, it's like I, you know, flying around and stuff. That's what made me think of it. Because um, you're not really using the flight cap for traversal at that point anymore, which you were using it in uh, Mario 64. Sure. Uh, one thing that this game does better than probably any other mm-hmm. Mario game is the way they handle ice. Now, mm. it's a very, very common trope to bring out an ice world in, in a platformer. And it usually is irritating because you're just it, you, you lose a lot of the control that you had and it mm-hmm. just feels more difficult without increasing the fun but what they do is uh, by activating the spin you mm-hmm. have a lot more speed it's fun to watch but the the yeah. physics of turning is a little more difficult it's, it's more like steering a big truck and I, I think that that is you have a wider turn rate it's basically when you yeah. when you activate the spin mario starts skating on the ice that's right yeah and and i find that that that's the perfect way to handle the ice because it gives you more speed. It's more fun. It's more challenging, and mm-hmm. it's and if you don't um, hit an object or, or an enemy, then it just continues on forever. And I think that was that's something I'd want to see in, in every Mario game going forward. Yeah, I think that um, they they actually had like a I don't know like a skating boot that they brought into one of the the recent game for like the Mario on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of, sort of a distilled power-up version of this ability that you just have in Mario Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Um, the shells underwater are pretty similar in the way that they at least speed things up and, and give yeah. you a bit a diff- different control scheme. That was always the re- uh, big weak point I found um, from from other Mario games is that being underwater was so slow. Yeah, by and large, underwater stages are just such a like. Especially, like, they build in all these mechanics that make traversal, like, fast, and you can, like, jump and triple jump over things, and you get this, like, wonderful flow of, like, gliding through a level, and then you hit a water stage, and you just, there's no way to get through it quickly, and it's just, like, this grind of, like, okay, I'm gonna try to swim around here and not get hit. So, having the uh, water tackled in such a um, novel way in Mario Galaxy of having the... um, the Koopa shells give you this sort of like ability to freely float through the water and control your movement really precisely. Made it much better. Hmm. Now, how do, how do you feel about the hub in this game? Because I, I love the castle hub in Mario sixty four. Gave you a lot of freedom. If you were frustrated at the mm-hmm. level, you could go to another one. I do like that. There's far less stars in each world, so there's less time to get sick of them. And I'm very impressed mm-hmm. that whereas Mario sixty four, a problem was that you would have eight stars and eight different objectives, but most of the time it was get to the top of that area and you just do it over and over mm-hmm. again for a slightly variance at the end of it. Whereas yeah. uh, Galaxy, 
you might only have three stars in the level, but you're still taking different routes. But in terms of the hub, I, I guess I like the castle felt like it had a bit more personality and it gave you more options and where you wanted to go. Whereas just like the levels being more linear in Galaxy, I feel like the hub is a lot more linear because they unlock things so slowly and, and you're given a very limited choice. So how, how did you find the hub here? Right. Well, I mean, uh, you, you haven't played uh, Mario Sunshine, right? Just uh, maybe about the first quarter of it. Okay, okay. Um, because I really liked um, the, uh, oh my gosh, it's Pianta Plaza, I think, is the name of it. <laughs> I need to, um, I, I'm surprised I don't remember after I was going to say that that's like probably my favorite Mario overworld is Pianta Plaza. Delfino? Like, I know that the castle, Delfino Plaza. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Delfino Plaza. Thank you. Because um, I, I know that uh, the castle was really cool in Mario 64 because you had this feeling of exploring it and like finding certain paintings that would hit, take you to hidden levels, like hidden one-off objectives and that kind of thing. And they brought that back in a big way in Delfino Plaza where you just, you can find these like small secrets and I, I think people really enjoyed that. Um, by contrast, the um, the hub in Mario Galaxy is much uh, as you say, much more linear. Like, there's still one-ups you can find, like little secrets here and there, but there's never the opportunity to just completely find a hidden level in that game. Like, there's hidden objectives scattered through the actual uh, levels, and that's really cool. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I, I guess I, I lost a bit of the magic of the uh, Delfino Plaza and the castle. So, it's... um. I can understand why they decided to make it that way, but yeah, it's uh, it wasn't my it wasn't one of my favorite things about the game. Did you have any any other points you wanted to hit on? No, I mean I just think that um, what they do really well in this game, um, and it's something that they're pretty good at in a lot of Mario games, but in this one in particular, is the fact that every galaxy introduces something new. Mm-hmm. Um, like the I don't think you you haven't made it to the Matter Splatter Galaxy. Um, but the the mechanics that they introduce in the game are all used in really interesting and novel ways. Like every, um, they don't introduce an overwhelming number of mechanics, but they'll reuse certain mechanics to create these like really difficult challenge levels that you can only get by cashing in a huge number of star bits. So it's a way of kind of like rewarding players for who've collected a lot of star bits and then they're ready to tackle an extra difficult level. Um, yeah, it just there's the, the the elegance of the mechanics that they introduce and the way they'll combine those elements together, um, just absolutely masterful. So it's uh, it almost makes it a bit of a difficult game to dissect. Of like, what what do you like about it in particular? Because it's all so seamless that you can't really find like any single part of it that stands out as like, oh, that that was perfect, that was great. It's just it's all great and i think if you keep playing it you'll find it's quite enjoyable yeah that's it's definitely the probably the most inventive mario i've ever seen and i can't believe that they had enough ideas to make a sequel to it so quickly mm-hmm. after so although i had a bit of gripes with the control i uh, i realized that it was it was necessary for the linearity of it and and does work together as a whole package but that's been our look at mario galaxy one we're going to be covering the rest of the franchise later on throughout this show throughout the series anyway uh my name has been matthew favai and will continue to be i'll be at twitter at game think talk and attila you can follow me on twitter at bluish green pro and you can visit my website bluishgreenproductions.com thanks everybody for watching share it with somebody that might like it bye for now bye